The Athletic. Hello all and welcome to the 68th edition of On The Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. I'm Michael Bailey. I hope this finds you safe and well. On the way, how much more of the Farcom web evolution? All hail the resurrection. I think I said that right. And some sort of international break mention. Uh, we will work through all this and more with our guests this evening, although it's actually afternoon. Uh, former Norwich City press officer, Ben Mouncer. Hello, Michael. And as an international break special, we have a special international break panel of fans in the shape of Callum. Good afternoon. And Charlie. Afternoon, Michael. Well, that was seamless. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us. Uh, how are we all, Ben? I'll start with you. How are you? Your beard looks magnificent. Thank you. And obviously, nobody listening to this can see it, but it is, it's, I'm, I'm quite proud of it, actually. Obviously, in, in the beard stakes, Michael, you're still way ahead of anyone, really. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. And uh, Ewan Roberts, there's one. He's well yeah. ahead. Although, remember that time when you had, when you had the full Ewan, like, bush? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was my king beard, yeah. I called it. Shaved it off. Uh, we raised 500 quid, I think, for the CSF, shaving that off. My son cried the next time he saw me. <laughs> um, so well worth it, obviously. Um, Gladwell, are you amusing yourself over this international break? Yeah, I've not really watched any international football, to be honest. I've kind do of it. just had lots going on. So yeah, I'm coming to this a bit cold, but obviously, I've obviously done my prep, Michael. You know me, the yeah, professional that I am. Of course. Absolutely seamless. Uh, well, lovely to have you on. Um, now let's introduce our special international break panel of fans, uh, which I'm um, calling our Sibhoff, obviously. Um, uh, please, now gentlemen, introduce yourselves if I can. I want your full name, I want your favourite Norwich City player and a fun fact. And I haven't even given you any kind of warning for that. Um, and you should see their faces. They are rocking. Um, just make it up. It's fine. It doesn't even need to be true. That's sort of how this podcast generally works, where it works. Um, go on, Charlie. I'll go to you first. Okay. Hi, I'm Charlie. You need my full name? Yeah, well, I want your surname. Okay. Charlie Brett. Lovely. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'd say Pookie at the moment. Good work. Change It changes every week. Probably should say Emmy. <sighs> Um, and a fun fact. Um, <laughs> you should have given us some prep. <laughs> I should have given you some prep. Um, I mean, you've got a lovely background of a pub. I don't know why I'm turning around. Uh, yeah, I'm just getting prepared for a few weeks from now when we can finally soon re-enter the home. Soon, Charlie. Likewise, going to football soon. Um, Agreed, yes. Callum. Afternoon, how are we doing? Basically, all I want is your surname, surname and favourite player. I think that'll do um, it. Yeah, good afternoon. Callum Howard. Uh, favourite player at the, at the minute? Uh, Got to be Emmy. Always Emmy. Uh, favourite player of all time? is probably Wes, oh. which I think we'll get on to a bit later on. Um, yeah, what timing? I did have a little fact, but then I forgot it. Excellent. Which is, <laughs> I thought that popped into my head and I was like, oh, perfect. I'm going to come in here with a fact. And well, the, 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 the great thing is, the great thing is, Callum, we've got ages for you to remember it. And there's no pressure either. Favourite player of all time, Charlie? 
Ah, uh, that's a tricky one. Yes. Whole podcast. We'll say, we'll been say Wes. Wes. Oh, I see. I love you guys. Well, well played. <laughs> well, um, uh, thank you for being our special international break uh, panel of fans or our uh, sip off. And uh, we'll hear plenty of you, of course, during the course of the podcast. Uh, but before we crack on uh, right now, I should tell you, you can subscribe to The Athletic for the special price of £3.99 per month for six months. That's 40% off the full price of a subscription. You'll enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around. I'll be there too, as well as ad-free versions of all our podcasts. So go to theathletic.com forward slash Norwich pod to take advantage of this special 40% discount. That is theathletic.com forward slash Norwich pod. Let's crack on with this week's headline act. I have written a piece that went live this morning, in fact, on Daniel Farker and Stuart Weber. Now, um, basic long story short, their contracts uh, it's great that they, they're all out in the open. Everyone knows their contracts end at the end of June 2022. They've both been hugely important to where Norwich are now and, of course, will remain hugely important until they are here. Um, basically, about autumn time, I had in the back of my head, well, we're getting close to 18 months now of the contract left. And if, this, if, if they were a footballer, you would be already have signed them up. <laughs> um, so that was the background of my, my thinking. I've tried hard not to write a piece that, you know, completely screws with Norwich's promotion um, run. But but ultimately, it feels like something that is going to come up the moment Norwich secure promotion, because it's the obvious question. It was basically why they both signed their new contracts the other side of the promotion two years ago. Um, and I've written a piece that kind of tries to broach that subject before and maybe even after they've spoken about it. Um, so there we go. I, I, I did have someone tweet me saying it feels that the situation has the potential to be harrowing for Norwich fans. I think that was Mal Wesby on, on Twitter. Hello, Mal. Um, I, I personally feel that the only point where it gets harrowing is if everyone just puts their head in the stand and ignores that it's happening, uh, hoping that it doesn't, um, because that is fairly ridiculous. Um, but there we go. Ben, what are your thoughts on the piece and where things my, are? My thoughts, Michael, are that your timing is impeccable. On the first day where lockdown restrictions have been eased, you know, the sun is shining. Everyone is looking forward to a, hopefully a nice, comfortable end to the season. And then you throw in this grenade that obviously it's public knowledge and has been that their contracts are out. But to, to bring it into the public consciousness like this, Michael, it's such a such a time. It feels a very brave move on your part. You, you've got you've got person to say yeah. brave to me today. <laughs> I'm being really? a bit ironic. I mean, really? Well, you did really. used to I work mean, in a football club. Yeah, then, I did. So I can only imagine what it would have been like maybe if you'd have been working there <laughs> this morning. No bravery displayed in that job. Um, no, I, I think, yeah, it kind of just brought it into my mind, really. And reading the piece, I think the, the thing that the main thing that I drew from it was how Weber and Farker are kind of reliant on each other in a way and and can can either of them sort of continue at Norwich City if the other one departs now you've often thought about the the idea of Stuart Webber leaving because he was so public about saying it when he signed his new contract this is going to be my last contract etc has been a lot more palatable I think to Norwich fans but what I certainly hadn't considered was whether Daniel Farker would happily continue under another sporting director so it, you kind of put them both in the same in the same seat um, now and that's what that piece really brought home for me is you know, it, it seems to me that it's either both or neither of them. Yeah, potentially. I think this was the hardest thing about putting together the piece because 
no one knows. No one exactly knows how it's going to pan out. People have ideas and have theories. Um, but, you know, like anything, it's, it's ultimately predictions, isn't it, over intentions. And I, I can't sit here and write what the future is going to be like for the next two or three years. But I suppose there is an expectation. And, and I guess in my head, because being in the back of my head for eight, since they both signed their contracts and they were both set to expire at the same time, I've had it in the back of my mind Oh, they both expire at the same time. And so I sometimes... He should have just left it there, bit, Michael. He should have just left just it, buried up, in your waited subconscious. Waited until the summer. No one would have mentioned it again. Um, uh, yes, maybe. And maybe I'll get a big slap around the face from someone at some point about it. But ultimately, I, I you know, I, I it, it's been it's been there. And I feel uh, it will be interesting, you know, which of, of who continues and whether someone does continue when which one it is and 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 whether they don't or not but um in terms of our fans panel i mean i'll come to you first um charles if i can um, uh, charlie oh charles charlie i mean has uh, were you had this been at any point in the back of your mind at all or have I, you know right till i wake up this morning brilliant I've got on Twitter. Yeah, sorry i'm gonna but just have to start dishing out apologies aren't i clearly <laughs> i was lucky to be there when they announced barker Signing his last contract, which is which is great fun, but it's a worry, isn't it? It's a big worry. What's going to happen? Oh, I don't want to make everyone worry. <laughs> um, it was Hull, Norwich won three two, and and they were actually yeah. it was it was funny because I think Emmy scored a great goal. He, um, they wanted to um, they wanted that contract in announcement for Daniel Farker to really give everyone a G up, didn't they? And it was almost sort of so drip fed before that. It was all a bit flat for the first half of the game, and and um, probably a good job that Norwich actually saw themselves over over the line with it. Um, Callum, how about how about you? Because I mean, as I said, this, it's not something that hasn't been out there. Yeah, I mean, I I think again, uh, uh, to echo the sentiment, it's kind of been rumbling there, but maybe you don't. With the lovely season that we're having, um, you know pandemic considering that you don't really want to then dampen the mood with thoughts of contracts um because i think it just go it opens up the rabbit hole doesn't it because when you start thinking about farco's contract and weber's contract you start thinking about emmy's contract and pookie's contract and max aaron's contract and you know i think we can sit here and say what if what if what if but you said yourself you know um i think you'd be you'd be pretty in demand if you could predict the world of football um but i think i I think ben made a good point about is it would it be both of them or neither of them um i think I don't think weber's going to pull a teddy and say that this is his last contract and say that for then like six years um and sign his last contract six times um but i do think <laughs> with alex Teddy, yeah um i do think with the really interesting pod that um not to mention other podcasts but the the lesser mention of a podcast the, that's fine. No, no, the, there are there are loads as, of as them. long as they're part of the athletic family <laughs> of course <laughs> well i was going to mention the um lesser but also interesting all in yellow podcast um where kieran scott the, the very good in-house club podcast very indeed. good very good yes um although i think they their their zoom quality isn't as good as as ours but um but uh, yeah kieran Kieran Scott, when he was on there and he was talking about, I think it was Kieran Scott, um, who was talking about how he's kind of being um, reared by Stuart Webber to, for the um, 
for the director of football role or director or sporting director role. And I think that may be where they go um, in that in that sense. But I think Daniel's going to be as in demand as any of our key players. And I think whether he goes will probably hinge more on whether somebody comes in for him. Because, um, but then I, I think if he go, if he could get us, well, sorry, when he gets us promoted this year, um, <laughs> yeah, he's got two promotions under his belt, both under extreme financial circumstances, and one of them as an immediate bounce back to the Premier League. One of the first teams to do that. I don't know. We haven't got Steve here to tell me. You know, when the last time a team got bounce back promoted without really investing millions, then. I think he could walk into any club in Europe and get a pretty decent job after that. It's a tricky one, isn't it, Ben? Because I, I guess the thing is, I, I want people, I, you know, you, I want the people at the club, I suppose, to be aware of not just, you know, not just sort of hoping for the best, really. Regardless of maybe supporters, you know, the, the people running the club have to be aware that they, um, there, there needs to be succession planning i suppose which i i'm sure there is and i know there is that and i suppose that's as i said part of why we've got um kieran scott you know answering an open question on an in-house club podcast about um a, a position that isn't actually available yet but might be and and the guy who's currently in it as well i mean it was i remember when i heard it and i was like wow that's um that, it was that, either a very unique. carefully carefully crafted pr move to kind of get it out there that kieran scott might be um might be Stuart Webber's successor, or it, they just kind of stumbled upon it in the course of the interview and 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 released the podcast, and that was that. But I agree, it was it was it was pretty um, amazing, really, to see that kind of line come out of the official club channels. I think I don't know. Like, obviously, they're going to be talking about it behind the scenes. This this isn't something that's kind of just been buried, like it maybe has done with the fans. I feel like Michael. Do you think there's going to be some sort of conversation resolution about this potentially before next season because it seems to me that you wouldn't want that kind of lack of clarity of you with your sporting director and your manager or head coach only contracted for another 12 months going into what is likely to be a premier league season i feel like that wouldn't that wouldn't give the squad and and the, the club the best chance of of staying in the premier league and weber and farker have always said that they their aim is to establish Norwich in the Premier League. Their aim is to not just, even if we go up and then we stay up, that I don't know, it feels like their ambitions are still greater than that here. Obviously, the length of their contracts doesn't tie with that at the moment. But it feels to me that certainly with Daniel Farker, he has such a, such a clear affinity with the football club, with the fans. He clearly absolutely loves being here. He's obviously an ambitious guy, but I don't get the sense that if we, if we get promoted and stay up, that he's going to be leaving at the end of his contract and going to manage another club like readily Stuart Webber slightly different because probably because he's been so open about it in the past like so yeah it's it's, it's a difficult one for, for me I feel like there should be some sort of clarity for at least for the squad and it doesn't necessarily even have to mean a, a kind of public announcement of a new contract for either of them but certainly for the squad and the staff because you've got to remember the staff as well are all buying into this and it's kind of very much a team effort what's happened um over the last couple of years under this under this structure so it feels like a bit of clarity might be needed yeah and i think and there's a line in the piece that makes the point that actually what happens externally of the club is is in a way neither here nor there 
having the um having everyone um on page and not unsettled inside the club is absolutely crucial because they are the ones doing the jobs and, and the work and making things come together so um that's certainly an, an element of it I, I don't get the impression there'll be anything that comes up over the course of the summer because there's so much other stuff that they want to do and i suppose once you maybe get that summer transfer window out of the way and you're into a run of games at premier league tempo which is a bit different to a championship tempo and potentially but that is literally me guessing um and again i feel like that's kind of why i've written the piece because <laughs> you can drift really quickly and before you know it you're there and it's like well i'm off now because i did say i was off <laughs> whoever <laughs> can be anyone i don't know and again this this element of how daniel fucker doesn't really operate like most managers he he stays until the end of his contracts and then he relieves or he's always signs another one he he's very good at his job so he's ultimately created this where he he gets to you know, pick and choose, but also he's at the right club because other clubs may have sacked him given he lost 10 games at the end of last season. So, yeah, he's done that so far, but I don't think it's, we can sit here and say that's definitely going to be the case for the rest of his managerial career that he's going to be able to manage things in that way. No, the higher up the window he goes, yeah. or the and it's not that long ago, remember, that people were kind of really putting the, both of their roles under the microscope when Daniel Farker had overseen a club record sequence of defeats in the Premier League. Stuart Webber's recruitment strategy last season was was really criticized quite a lot um so in a way i feel like they will they will feel like they've still got something big to prove in the premier league oh, once I we can... get there once we get there with 100 points and 100 goals 100 <laughs> percent. that is that is very much uh the case but again like um no one was really asking and would have necessarily that been that fussed about either probably extending their contract uh, this time in September last year off the back of uh, such a turgid run. So uh, there we go. Um, and as I'll probably reiterate it. The piece isn't supposed to be solving anything. It's more like just bringing it up. And, and either I apologize for that or I hope you enjoyed reading it, one or the other. Um, hopefully there'll be some football to enjoy soon as well, which is obviously the most important thing. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Right, let's move on to things we are not going to talk about. These are the things that have happened and deserve acknowledgement, but we're only going to acknowledge them by stating how we are not going to talk about them. I hope that makes sense. We have only three minutes to do it also. So please cue the dramatic music, producer Ollie. Right, this week I am not going to talk about, uh, while Ben Gibson is out for um, the rest of the season, uh, he will have surgery next week. Um, you can read the piece from um, the other weekend, I think it was covered on the last pod. Um, obviously we all wish Ben Gibson the very best, hopefully he'll be all ready for pre-season next season and because Norwich will have gone up, he will be an officially permanent Norwich City footballer, which would be great. So. Um, 
yeah, fingers crossed to you, Ben. All the best. Uh, also, a piece on Sam Byram that went out. I'm just going to get my plugs out of the way because I'm not going to talk about them. Uh, Sam Byram, um, they're hoping uh, maybe he might be around next season. We'll have to see. But obviously, uh, there's all the details in there. It's, it's been difficult and, and curious, really. He's been so unfortunate with his injury. So, um, Sam, fingers crossed for you too. Uh, ben, anything you don't want to talk about? Uh, not really. I mean, I was only an extension of the Gibson news um, and just thinking how that might work for the rest of the season. Obviously, Crystal Zimmerman will be the man who replaces him. It kind of worries me a bit, not just in terms, actually less so in terms of our defensive um, stability, more so in terms of how the, the, the effect Gibson's absence will have on the whole team and how we play, because it, it clearly did have an effect. But actually, I was looking at Zimmerman's form this season. I think he played six games when Gibson was last out in December. We won four of those. We only conceded five goals. So I, I don't think necessarily people should panic about the absence of, of Gibson, but it'll be interesting to see over and over the between now and the end of the season so an extended period of matches how how that affects us as a team in 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 both the way we defend and the way we move forward with the ball because obviously Ben Gibson is a critical piece of that as an article on the athletic from a few months ago details michael yeah had that one covered uh, grant hanley on the other side as well of the of the pairing oh, that's it yeah, that's generally people's <laughs> reaction not his um uh, anything you guys uh, don't want to talk about callum i uh, just don't want to talk about anel hernandez getting changed in the back of a car on the way to his cuba <laughs> debut um and he and scored a yeah. goal as well great oh, goal worldy absolutely picked you know robbed the defender ran 30 yards and on a tight angle put it in the top right hand corner beautiful goal but I think yeah it just uh, echoing Daniel Farker's points on how ridiculous an international break is um, at the minute and just getting stuck uh, in an ash cloud probably wasn't on Onel Hernandez's uh, debut bingo card but uh, outstanding as long as he heads back nice and quickly it'll all be alright I think um, Charlie what, do you want, what don't you want to talk about uh, Max Max Aarons oh, yeah. and his well first of all his name change which is throwing me <laughs> off massively I'm still I'm, not dead, getting yeah. it right I, think. I'm, I don't know how I feel about it but also him getting left out against Portugal for the unders it's a bit, I'd be a bit disappointed obviously wow. as a Norwich fan I'm not disappointed because it's great he's not there getting getting injured but he definitely skip, deserves skip. to be playing Skippy's played both games, hasn't he? Um, they've gone really well. <laughs> yeah, he made a bit of a mistake. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, keep that uh, good work up. I'm sure Todd. Todd's I'm worried about Oliver Skip's load. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't want to talk about it because it worries me. No. I mean, yeah, has he played every started every league match still, Michael? You'll know yeah, that. After, yeah. Yeah. Started every yeah, league match. Yeah. Played both of these England under twenty one games. Maybe he's not going to play against Croatia in this final twenty ones fixture. And obviously, the, the the lads are metronome. You know, he, I get the feeling that he could play a match every day and still be absolutely fine. But if we lose him as well, oh. and then all right, all right, we've already had one piece to you know <laughs> get everyone miserable. I don't want any more. Um, well, the music stopped. We're all done. Uh, the only other things I had on my list: uh, Timmy Krull playing for Holland. I won't mention the Turkey game so much. <laughs> Turkey, um, uh, Preston. That is still not moved. It's still 3 p.m. on on Friday. Uh, Frankie McAvoy is going to be in charge for the rest of the season at Preston, which is interesting. So um, that'll be exciting. We'll see what he can deliver against Norwich. That's a pun on him being a former postman. In case anyone missed that one. Um, 
Uh, well done to Archie Mayer and Dan Barden, who have signed new contracts. They both run until 2024 with a year's extension. Both young, talented goalkeepers. <laughs> Something's going to have to give at some point, <laughs> but that'll be fun to uh, that'll be really fun to follow. And they're great lads, so good luck to them. May the best goalkeeper stay. I suppose <laughs> probably the way to put that. Um, and that is it. Um, brilliant stuff. Okay, so. Um, if yeah, anyone out there ever has any suggestions for things you don't want us to talk about, throw them in and then we'll happily not talk about them, which I think is the way to deal with that. Right, let's move on to Centrefold. Uh, it's one on the uh, Wesurrection, which I don't think I said completely right earlier, but there we go, much better that time. Um, Cambridge United are flying. Wes Houlihan is a key part of it. It's so good to see. And I, I say that as someone who has seen it. I went to watch Cambridge twice, once in midweek without him and once um, at Oldham with him, which is, which is one hell of a game. Oldham were 2-0 up and um, Cambridge ended up winning 4-2. Um, they were 2-0 uh, down, Cambridge. Um, moved Wesley into the middle, tip of a diamond. <laughs> Away they went. It wasn't quite that straightforward because he then moved into a four-three-three. But um, you know, it was good. It was good enough for me, uh, and it was it was wonderful to see him play um, for for Cambridge, who are flying. They won again at the weekend. They're top of League Two. They do. They have played the odd game more than than their rivals, I think. Um, but uh, Wes is doing a remarkable thing of basically playing pretty much the full ninety minutes every Saturday. At which point, Cambridge generally win, um, and then getting the uh, midweek games off. Um, when Cambridge generally lose. Um, so, you know, it's even interesting speaking to Matt Bonner about you know, how you're sort of dealing with a team where, you know, Wes is having such a positive impact. But it is lovely to see he's still... The thing that gets me, Ben, is that Wes Hulan seems to do this with supporters at pretty much every club he plays for, certainly the ones where he plays regularly for. He, he just makes people fall in love with him playing football. But why, Ben? Why? Are you asking me this question? Why Wes Hulan is such an amazing footballer? But wh- like, why I, does he, spent... It's the, like the generation of the feeling in supporters, though, isn't it? Almost it is. It is. I don't know. He's a, he's a he's almost a throwback, isn't he? He's a throwback to a different era in many ways, which I'll talk about more in a minute. But um, oh. it's that it's that kind of I don't know the the uni- what you feel is the uniqueness of him. The the, obviously the joy of seeing a player who is just incredibly skillful and is able to do things that other players simply aren't able to do, certainly at League Two level. Um, but we saw it obviously at higher, much higher levels as well and on the international stage. You're right, it's, it's almost offset by the fact that he's, I feel like he's never really had this kind of wider appreciation um, from the kind of broader football world. I think he got in the, the was it the EFL team of the decade. I think that's probably as close as it got, but certainly how the fans of clubs that Houlihan has played for feel about him is different to kind of his, I don't know. It certainly feels to me anyway, that he's maybe not as appreciated as much. Maybe you only get that appreciation when you watch him week in, week out um, and do some of the things that he, that he does and the way he goes about it as well. Um, when I, when I say he's like, he's like a throwback, he's kind of what, what he's doing at the moment is like something from a different era. When, when players who played at a much higher level used to go and play in, at an inferior level when they're coming towards the end of their careers and just <laughs> stand out like a sore thumb. It's, it's a brilliant story. Um, but also the fact that he doesn't court attention. He's not on social media. He's not one of these players who is in, in the media a lot talking about, Oh, I'm going to be a coach. I want to do punditry when I'm after my career. He absolutely 
loves playing football and that's why he's playing for Cambridge at the age of 38 because he loves he loves running out on, on the grass on a Saturday afternoon and and doing his thing and being part of a dressing room at whatever level and I think all of those things combined a wife fans of the clubs that he plays for absolutely love him because he he's almost relatable in that sense Callum and Charles, Charlie, you've both got him down as your favourite all-time player, so no pressure here. But um, I, I was I was thinking about this as well. I was speaking to the Under the Abbey Stand podcast guys. It was lovely to chat with them about about Wessie as well. Uh, it almost feels to me like Wes is such a pure footballer in that it's not always about, it's not like a Lionel Messi where he takes the ball and then beats everyone and then scores. It's like Wes is almost sort of purer. I'm just going to do fun things and create fun things. Yet he also still manages to create iconic moments you think about you know he only he should have had probably two or three times the amount of island caps he had yet he scored that goal in the euros um he's he's such a fan favorite of blackpool because he dinked a penalty against preston <laughs> um and obviously all of the success he had here as well charlie i mean yeah i don't know that was my view but well what sticks in your mind in my opinion he could probably still be playing for ireland at the moment couldn't he Consider well i watched a couple of the games yeah recently and They've not been great. Um, oh, but you could just sit on YouTube and watch Wes highlights all day long and you could just be living the best life. <laughs> I never I never actually got to uh, got to see him play in person, which is disappointing. I know. Oh, oh Charlie. <laughs> well, um, you know, when he sort of starts rocking up at Sheringham, <laughs> whichever, you know, well, Cambridge is just down the road from here, but I hope you get. I hope you get to see him it's play one day. List. One day, I hope when that happens. Fifty. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Still got it. Still got it. How about you, Callum? Uh, yeah, I mean, Wes for me was you know when I sort of showing my not showing my age, showing my youth here. Wes was arrived to Norwich at about the time I arrived as a fan. Um, so my sort of early years. Uh, falling in love with football and Norwich was at the same time as falling in love with that team. So yeah, he holds a really sentimental sort of place for me, which is why I love him and and everyone that was in that was in that squad. Um, so it's actually been really lovely to see him, you know, age like a fine wine. Like I think that is the best way I can put it. Is he just seems to, I think. As he matures and he grows, you know, as a footballer and as a family man, I think he's brought that sort of just general wholesomeness to his game. And I think um, he's he's as skilled as as Buendia. He's got the feet. He's got the, you know, his little legs can go so fast. Um, with his low center of gravity, he can turn on a dime, but what he i think what he brings is just that like ben was saying he just loves playing football and fans just love seeing that and i think there's a different kind of passion that you see in wes that you see in some of the the younger players where the younger players and the passion it really is it it's such a it's such an an energy that it gives them in sort of like quite a ferocious way Whereas for Wes, it's just it's just a cleaner, smoother energy, and he just feels just um, like an artist. He's just just he just disappears somewhere, um, 
and then performs these magical moments and then comes back to us and it just feels so seamless and so humbling and i think that's that's for me why he always captures the hearts of everywhere he goes um, humble is a very good word to describe it actually um because uh, from my time working at the club when wes was there he, extraordinarily humble man who, who very rarely kind of put himself in a position where he was you know talking to people about how, how like talking to talking to people about his career and he, he just wasn't that kind of guy he'd rather just just stay quiet and stay behind the scenes although he is actually on social media i've just remembered he's on instagram michael isn't he but he is, what, yeah. what i mean when i say he's not on social media is that he doesn't use the platform as something to kind of promote his his brilliance exactly. and most of his exactly. instagram stuff is is promoting his his football school and the stuff that he does yeah for young kids to get them into the sport yeah it will be interesting what wes does after after his well as you, as you kind of said ben i think he'll just keep playing to be honest but um he is a, a lovely man from all the times I've spoken to him as well, which isn't as many as you, Ben, I'm sure. But No, no, um, I'm sure it is, Michael. No, um, like, like you'll know as, as well as anyone, Michael, when it comes to media work, he he often um, didn't do it. Very, very <laughs> reluctant. <laughs> well, yeah, he didn't do it. <laughs> and I think, I think there's a bit of annoyance maybe from members of the the media that he wasn't more kind of willing to to do interviews and sit on cameras, sit in front of cameras and and, and open up a bit. But again, for me, that just that just kind of I don't know. That makes him better. <laughs> yeah, and and not from me. I think you have to take you have to take that. Not every footballer is going to a want to or be comfortable with talking a lot. I know there's a, de- a degree where they have to do it, and and Wes does it when he has to do it because <laughs> he yeah. did it recently when he won the uh, League Two Player of the Month award. So, um, uh, you know, it's as long as they're doing the business and on the pitch as well then that's obviously makes uh, makes things much better well look it, it's a real shame and this was kind of in the piece go read the piece obviously um but it was in the piece that you know cambridge united fans are having to do all of this um admiring from from via i follow which as someone said to me doesn't doesn't really do him justice um so uh we'll have to see if he gets a second year or he fancies a second year or he wants a second year at cambridge and then maybe the norwich fans who probably would have gone and seen him if they could have done in the last 12 months will maybe get the chance to down at the abbey stadium uh, go without saying that we hope Colchester Colchester goes without saying that we hope Cambridge United finish the job this season um, and then you know possibly Norwich then finish the job this season and then maybe Peterborough United will finish the job this season there'll be a three of East Anglia's biggest teams earning promotion this year no one else to there's no one else to mention is there no, no. no I did no. see a good tweet for um, League One next year I think it was uh, uh Cambridge won Ipswich nil scored by Wes Houlihan. Yes, and people people would love that to happen. Right, uh, as we've got the uh, special international break uh, panel of fans, I thought it might be nice that they could uh, maybe pose some questions to me and Ben um, while we're here, both in our beards. So um, Callum, Charlie, uh, this is your opportunity to ask us a burning question. Um you know, don't waste it. <laughs> no pressure. Um, Charlie, do you want to go first? Yeah, yeah. Um, so how are you, how are you ducklings? <laughs> yes, indeed. So... Um, <laughs> They're fine, thanks. <laughs> how are your ducklings, man? 
yes uh, they're good people uh, may have seen on on instagram um I, we um we got some ducks duckling eggs for my little boy's birthday they have hatched and uh, i was full on with the duck spam one of them pooed at the end of the video which i hadn't realized until i watched it back and i was like look at that it's hilarious and um, I did that instead of watching England under 21s. Tell me I got it wrong. Tell me I got it wrong. I tell you what, I didn't. I had much more fun. <laughs> so there you go. Um, and uh, Ben, uh, you maybe you could get some ducklings. Yeah, I mean, I definitely do after seeing seeing that 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 social media content, Michael. That's that's definitely yeah. persuaded me. It's the way to describe it. Great question, Charlie. Love it, Callum. Uh, yeah, mine's a, mine's a little bit more football related. Uh, my question would be, what, what's the, what is the biggest sort of most humbling success story you've seen in your time covering Norwich? Like, I think something like Tim Krull coming from sort of being injured at Newcastle and that fall from grace and then the reemergence, or maybe somebody coming from a really obscure non-league and, and blossoming at Norwich. This is putting you on the spot more than you did with that unexpected yeah. fun fact question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're asking it of both of us, I hope. No, just you, Michael. Uh, oh, yeah. No, just you, Michael. Oh, oh, just me. Yeah, just yeah, me. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll, th- I'll have a um, Okay. Uh, oh, it depends how you gauge success, I always think. I think those big, the, someone like Tim Krull, he's come through a, an elite club and it's all been there. He's had to work incredibly hard to get back from a really difficult situation. And um, that is, it's, it's phenomenal what he's done. International footballer. So it, that to me is a level of, I still think he's still a humble guy, but you know, there, there's some, something sort of, of pure destiny in terms of what he's done. So um, I think one of, one of the most humbling interviews I've done, I think was with Chris Renton and possibly in terms of a Norwich City football story, it's not, it's not um, hugely successful, but he is still Norwich's youngest ever player. Um, he had to go through horrible adversity in terms of breaking his leg. Um, he was only in Norwich's sort of youth setup for a year, having been plucked from uh, Musselburgh. Um, and he, he almost had to take it to the point where he, he wanted to call quits on his football career because it wasn't going how he wanted. He felt he wasn't the same player and he couldn't do what he wanted to. So, and speaking to him and someone who'd been through all that and been a part of a football elite football team was still playing for Cowdenbeath but doing it part-time and how, how he viewed everything when he could have been so angry and bitter or annoyed or just regretted so much. Um, I found that a really grounding experience to speak to him. So in terms of humbling experiences, interviews wise, that that's one. Um, Tom Adiemi, I used to speak to a lot as well when he, he was coming through. And again, someone I kind of wished he'd, he'd, kicked on to something maybe he was more closely um, able to achieve, you know, achieve in, in, in line with his potential. But again, someone who was just had this sort of w- was quite humble in terms of how he was, how he dealt with everything. Um, but then he joined Ipswich. So maybe I can't mention Tom. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think for an answer on the spot, there'll be plenty of others, I'm sure. And maybe some who have, who have had more success as well in terms of their football career. But uh, that, that interview with Chris Renton, up in Scotland still still sticks in my memory. So I hope that's an okay answer. Um, I loved having our uh, special international break panel of fans. I, if you're telling me this couldn't become a regular event, I, I think I, I would feel you're lying. Let's move on, shall we, now to this is just like fantasy football. This is almost fantasy football. 
as always, let us paint a picture of the forthcoming seven, although I think it's eight days. Uh, and then you can laugh at what we've created with the valuable gift of hindsight. We've got Preston on Good Friday away with, I don't know, four players probably available. And then Norwich host Huddersfield on the Tuesday evening after Easter. What's going to happen, Ben? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Obviously, what's been said, I think enough has been said about the Preston scenario and 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 that game. I think maybe maybe what hasn't been kind of thought of is is it's not just the Preston game; it's the Huddersfield game as well, Michael. And it's kind of goes straight into a three-game week at such a critical point of the season. And um, we talked about players' loads um, earlier; like it, it just goes against everything that you know the modern sports science um, says. However, I think. In terms of opposition, it's quite a kind kind of week for Norwich on paper because Preston, Huddersfield and Derby, the three teams we're, we're facing next, all of all of whom are not in great form. I think between them, they've won one of their last 15 matches. So I think... Um, Ouch. And, you know, we, we do we do have depth. Um, obviously, we've relied on a very set kind of team and approach recently, which is, has which is yielded the results for us. But we do have options um, as well to kind of switch things around. So I think, um, yeah, obviously it's rubbish that we're having to play Preston merely 48 hours after some of our players have been playing in competitive internationals. But I, th- I do think um, actually we we can manage through it, and it's gonna like the results of, of, from these three games, three very winnable matches in my view, might um, just put the steel on on promotion. I hope. Yes, it's worth bearing in mind after this, it's Derby away. Yeah, so um, Preston, Huddersfield and then Derby. So those three teams are not, not playing that great at the moment. Um, Before Norwich host Bournemouth and Watford. But we won't yeah. look too far ahead. I've already learnt my lesson from earlier in the podcast. Um, uh, boys, I'm going to ask you your 11s, pick who's going to team. So you've got about, you know, 20 seconds to think about it. But I mean, I can't, you know, you've got Jordan Hugill, who is a chump, chump champing at the bit um so uh against his former club i mean that feels like uh that especially when timu puki we don't know if he'll play on wednesday but he's already played two games uh, for finland but then he's in great form as well and if he doesn't play in their friendly in switzerland then maybe he's all right just a bit of traveling away you go um ollie skip i mean if, is he gonna play a third game for the 21s probably <laughs> who knows um Max Aaron's has had a bit of a rest. We're already throwing Christoph Zimmerman in. I mean, goalkeepers don't have to run, so they should be all right, shouldn't they? I mean, it's only mental tiredness. I mean, what's that? Um, so uh, that's all good. Um, uh, Shemislav Paheta, of course, is away with Poland. worth bearing in mind. And the Scottish duo. I mean, we do have Grant Hanley away. So, um, you know, it, it's going to have to be Grant Hanley, is it, then, alongside Christoph Zimmerman, I suppose? Uh, I think so. I think... I have a feeling that um, the the players themselves might sort of have a word with their coaches as well as Daniel and say, look, um, I'm less so maybe for the Scotland boys because they've got a lot riding on this last game. Um, and um, I think Shemek could be making an appearance against England, couldn't he, if he starts his yeah. next game, which could be, which would be fun for him. Um, but I think... Um, I think we, I think Skip will get a rest. Um, the way Boothroyd's been treating Cantwell, I don't think he'll make an appearance yet. I think, you know, it kind of feels to me like they didn't really want him there in the first place. They they didn't feel he was ready, so they didn't call him up. And then they called him up to kind of make up the numbers. 
um, when they had that injury. So I don't know whether he'll make like a small substitute cameo, although there was a lot of calls for him to appear against Portugal um, on Twitter last night from all of the um, keyboard coaches. Um, but yeah, I think I think Farker has faith in the fitness of his of his lads. I think that's something that we've kind of we really were blown away by in in Farker's early seasons, where there was those comments that came out about double sessions and fitness, and some of the players not being up to that. So I think we've got a crop now that really put fitness at the forefront. So I I I, I don't know. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my neck on the line and say I don't know actually whether whether it's gonna be as bad as people are thinking it might be. And I think we might actually have a fairly decent squad, and we're gonna and our international lads will come out of this pretty fit and because i don't know whether would you say the intensity of these international games has been as intense as a championship promotion push maybe scotland aside i think they're a little bit easier and i think they'll sail straight in it would be good and i mean it wouldn't be like norwich to you know um make a point of grabbing some siege mentality when it's there at a difficult period and difficult moment. I mean, Jack of Sorensen is someone we're not mentioning either, Charlie, and I think he could probably slip in if um, Ollie, Ollie uh, Skip is uh, entitled to a rest. And also, Nor- you know, Daniel Farkas had the chance to, will have the chance this week to prep all this anyway. Oh, he could also slot in at centre-back, couldn't he? Next to, next to Hanley. This is true. Indeed. We've Lovely not point. seen him there yet, but he definitely looks like he's the ball-playing centre-back for the future. Maybe not as physical as we need, but I would love to see Onel play. I thought he played really well, but I can't see it happening. I think what we'll see... I don't know when he gets back. Wow. How long is it? They haven't, they haven't got another game, have they? Played there. I don't think so. So, volcanic ash cloud permitting, he'll be back pretty soon, you'd hope. Um, but I think you will... Uh, bouncing. <laughs> I think you'll get uh, Emmy Campwell... And possibly even Steepman coming back in. He seems he seems like he's ready, doesn't he? There were a few heavy touches, but uh, he's he'll have had a bit. He had a good chance to get some extra training in. So, um, and he'd been out for so long. I think um, I thought he was all right. Actually, I've, I've seen people criticise him a lot, but I thought he actually did okay. In, well, it was a mix. Yeah, it, it was, was a mix. But that, it, you, you kind of forgot what he offered until he came on the pitch, and then oh no, this is what Stephen was in in the number ten role, which other people don't. So actually, I thought, um, and yeah, obviously he was rusty and, and had some heavy touches, but I think he, um, it kind of got me a bit, it gave, gave me a lot, a bit of a boost actually seeing him back on the pitch and thinking what he can offer. Yes, love that. But if there's anyone who gets uh, Pookie firing as much as Emmy Buendia, it's, it's Stephen. Yeah. Can I just say as well, um, Michael, sorry, I know you're probably about to sign off, but there's um, obviously Preston on Friday. There's a piece on The Athletic by Simon Hughes on the, the current situation at Preston. Um, which I think would have a lot of interest for Norwich fans, given Alex Neal's just left and they talk a bit about why that happened and, and that kind of thing. So I think Simon Hughes is a brilliant journalist and one of the best you guys have got. And I think that that piece is certainly of, of interest to Norwich fans. So if they want to go and read it ahead of this weekend's game, it, was, it certainly enlightened me with a few bits of information that I wasn't aware of regarding Preston and, and the kind of course of events that led to Alex Neal being, um, well, not the sacked, was it? it was a mutual termination, but rid of. 
yeah actually terminated <laughs> um thank you for doing my job better than me ben you're absolutely right i haven't had the chance to read simon's piece yet um but i most definitely will do and um you you're right simon is a superb journalist so um give that a read because i will be doing that uh too um and huddersfield norwich will win three nil away we go everything's fine um I think that paints the picture. And uh, I think you're right, Ben. I think I am about to call time on the podcast. So um, if you're yet to out there, um, please make sure you subscribe via your usual podcast player of choice. Uh, the pod is available free for everyone on your usual player and ad free to subscribers of The Athletic via our app. Leave a review or a, a rating if you get the chance. And uh, if you're yet to, make sure you subscribe via your podcast player of choice. The pod is available free for everyone on your usual player and ad free to subscribers of The Athletic via our app. Leave a review or rating if you get the chance. And if you want to get in touch, um, suggest any topics or questions questions send me a direct message on twitter at michael j bailey that's the handle in the meantime big thank you to our guests tonight ben thank you so much for joining us thanks michael and a big thank you to our special international break panel of fans our sip off uh, debutants charlie and callum good evening guys thank you cheers, so much michael. cheers michael uh, we'll be back next week for another on the ball a norwich city podcast from the athletic until then never mind the danger And we're clear. There we go. Ben, Charlie, and Callum, welcome to Wits End. Everyone happy? No, we're going to no, chip in at the same time. Very happy business. Very good. No, we're getting down to business. This is business, yeah. isn't it? This is exactly Exciting. business. Uh, welcome to Wits End, everyone. Welcome all you Twitterkers out there. If any of you stumbled across this for the first time, you're wondering what's going on. Who would? Uh, listen to On The Ball podcast number 42. Went live on September the 8th. It's all explained there. You can email us directly, Twitterkers, Twitter, K-E-R-S, at iCloud.com, or use the hashtag, Twitter, K-E-R-S, Twitterkers, hashtag, on Twitter. Just don't explain what it refers to. It makes my job slightly harder, but that's absolutely fine. Uh, this week... This is the big reveal, to be honest, because we've got obviously our special uh, international break uh, panel of fans in um, Callum and uh, Charlie. Um, but essentially, they are um, crucial to the Wits End project because um, um, I should now reveal that uh, Callum uh, is behind the Twitter account, NCFC Twitterkers, although as he's already vehemently stated before we started recording, um, his is spelt properly because <laughs> it's got Stephen Whitaker's actual I'm in, name I'm in, in it. no position to argue with the creator of Twitterkers. It's a, it's, it's a beautiful argument and one we all had around a table at the Indian restaurant as we ate our curry um, trying to work out what we were going to do. Well, I don't think so there's, a, don't think there's a right or wrong answer, to be honest. Because it depends no, whether you're exactly. waiting the pun on Twitter or Whitaker. Because we waited it's it like, on Twitter. It's like GIF or JIF, isn't it? There's, there's no <laughs> right answer. What um, was the restaurant? So that's Sorry, Callum. Which, which Indian was it? Ooh, oh, I was going to ask that. Yeah. Uh, it was Namaste, wasn't Ooh. it? Namaste Village in Norwich. Got taste. Fine Indian cuisine. It's not Ali's. They got though. free plug out of that. Wasn't Ali's. No. And there are lots of Indian restaurants in Norwich. Um, and that, that is um, that is Charlie. Now, Charlie, you created twitterkers.co.uk, the as I constantly label it, outstanding website. The outstanding twitterkers.co.uk. Yeah. Done. I've got to admit, chaps, I'm a bit disappointed that the 
you guys are being outed here as as kind of the creators. The, the sense of mystery was something I always enjoyed. Like, how how did this come about? Like, what? Um, how come we, we're sitting here now talking about this so openly, Michael? I don't know, really. I think I needed some guests. <laughs> yeah. Well, I get them on. Who made the group chat? I can't remember. Suddenly, I was suddenly I was in a group chat, and then we were just sort of exchanging thoughts on games, and then and then here we are. It's it's the, it's the world we live in now where we can't interact socially in person. So that is what Wits End embodies. It embodies the inability to meet anyone <laughs> and what people do with their time as a result. And Charlie, thank goodness you, you relayed the thing that I had been trying to work out on the website that I wasn't supposed to find and couldn't find. And you took it off. Yeah, I think. It's gone. Well, the, the whole gone. reason I took it off is because it identified me, but that's, that ship has well, sailed. Doesn't don't it? worry about it now. Yeah. 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 So That's there cool. was some, you're on the, yeah, picture. there were some directions that led you to be able to pinpoint where I am in the background. So you had to change your screen size and things. But there is a picture of me celebrating with a much more serious face than everyone around me, which I found quite amusing. <laughs> everyone else's looks very <laughs> it was a happy. Big goal. I was, uh, I don't know how you describe that face, but I'm sure you can pick me out. Concentrated. Concentrated. Uh, I'd say it's just pure, hundred percent passion. Beautiful. <laughs> that work too. Um, it is a remarkable website, and you guys have done some brilliant work on on Twitter. So it's much appreciated, um, and I think has helped um, drip feed wits end into a more wider conscious than um, mine and Ben's on the board. Well, I wonder. I want to ask <laughs> Charlie and Charlie and Callum. What was it like when you first discovered Wits End? Can you remember? It's magical. Magical. I do, I do remember it quite vividly. It's a strange story. Um, in the first lockdown, I graduated uni um, and the, the industry that I was graduating into didn't exist. It was completely locked down and I had rent to pay. So I started working for a courier firm that will remain nameless. Um, and uh, the, the days were long and hard and boring. So I started catching up on on the ball and one day I had, I was laden with parcels and the podcast ended and I couldn't put the parcels down to get the next podcast going. So I thought I'll just listen through the advert at the end and then the next one will play automatically. And then suddenly I uh, heard the famous and we're clear. And I thought, <laughs> the hell is going on here? There's some kind of MCU level podcast um post-credit scene fantastic uh, no then, adverts wow. no adverts you know only the only um, advert is us advertising uh, our own insanity in the at yeah. the time i was at the time i was a a uh, spotify free peasant um i hadn't yet subscribed to the athletic although that has changed um and then Dude. i think a couple <laughs> of weeks later michael says the words i'm surprised nobody's made a twitter account yet and then that's what i went well i know what i have to do now yeah, and oh, what a, what a guy. We tried to. I got home from work. I made the email address. <laughs> I made the Twitter account, and so far I have thirty-five followers. Yes, a that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Not yet. Close, <laughs> close. Um, and the website. I mean, how did even the website even come about? Child, I was just wonderful. I'm just very bored at the moment. No, it was, <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was mainly because we couldn't. You were, we were going on about how no one's created this Twitter, Twitter's handle on Twitter. And I pointed out 
you can't use Twitter in the Twitter handle. That's one of their rules. You can't use Twitter oh, yeah. in the Twitter handle. So I thought, okay, I'll just make a website as any normal human being would do. And it was just a bit of fun. Got a bit silly with it. Carried Beautiful. on being silly. There's some it. great updates. Yeah, exactly. And please do. Although, you know, if you have better things to do with your time, that is absolutely fine as well. Um, but yeah, twitterkers.co.uk. Um, and we are, we should go through some of the hashtag um, moments on, on Twitter because uh, let me have a look what happened. Um, we had, so Callum, you'd mentioned to me about doing Italian fingers and I got I very had, confused yes. about what that actually meant. Did you think um, it was some kind of <laughs> gang sign? or? I, I didn't really elite. want to start guessing in my head. I've got to be honest. I was like, I'm, I should steer clear of this. But uh, what I will say is obviously, Todd Cantwell um, the other day played well and gave a little bit of a, a Italian fingers emoji. Although I think I should probably start calling it chef's fingers. Well, I think that's, but, but, well, it sounds a bit, uh, yeah. Don't, don't think that's, don't think that's the one. Um, uh, so um, yeah, chef's fingers. No, I don't um, know. It's, it's, it, it's like, it's like, mm. there's a great example on the twitter.co.uk website at the moment. Is there? You need to oh. need a visual to save your there you googling. Go, everyone. Do it now. Um, so yeah, I think um, I think I've got to do a, a chef's fingers in my next video verdict at Preston, um, if it calls for it. Preston or Huddersfield before the next podcast. Anyway, are you still doing chillax in those videos, Michael? Um, I haven't. No, I've only done no. it once. I didn't realize it was a re- re- was something I had no, to do I was every just, week. I'm beginning to get a bit worried for you because if you keep adding things that you need to do in these videos and you kind of accumulate yeah, them, no, then the okay. videos will just be you like doing this with your fingers yeah. and saying chillax and not actually offering any insight in the game. Yeah. So yeah, one at a time. Right? Yeah. Well, some would probably argue. No, um, we are running out of time, everyone. So I think I'm going to call it here, which means I'm going to have to say <laughs> Charlie Bowkett uh, next week for the email. Look forward to that. It's going to be a great one when I read it. Um, so that's exciting. If you, any of you out there have got any emails, you want to email us in something to talk about in Wits End um, or tell us something, tell us, talk about, raise a question, do whatever you wish, uh, then please email us, Twitterkers, Twitter, K-E-R-S at iCloud.com. Uh, or of course you can... Um, uh, visit the website twitterkers.co.uk or follow any of the uh, things on um, Twitter or use the hashtag. I think that's everything. Um, but that's it. I don't think we've got any other business or Kenny other business, Kenny other business, any of I those just, things. So we're all going to shake our heads. I'd like to oh, uh, apologise to, to John Rogers for spelling his name wrong. Oh, you don't need to do that. And I'd like to apologise uh, for John Rogers for mutilating his lovely face in a meme. Well, with, with putting Daniel Farker's with hair Dan, on, yeah, you, putting do, Daniel you, hair. you do not apologise for that because that was brilliant. And Four years of uni well spent, again. I think, learning how <laughs> to do Photoshop. Again. Gentlemen, uh, Charlie, Callum, thank you so much for joining us and thank you for all that you do. Please keep doing it as long as it doesn't get you in trouble or you know prevent you from working, that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, and uh, I hope you'll both come on again at some point yeah, in the definitely. future. Much appreciated. Thank you. Definitely. Cheers, Ben. Top man. Thanks, Michael. Cheers, everyone. See you on the other side of Huddersfield. Uh, enjoy Preston as well. See you later. The Athletic.